This is The Last of Us Podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about The Last of Us, Episode 8, When We Are In Need. You know, you really shouldn't be out here all on your own. From where I'm sitting, you shouldn't be out here on your own. Fair enough. So, what's your name? It's hard to trust strangers, I know, but I honestly mean you no harm. And for what it's worth... There's room for you in our group, if you want. You're inviting me to your hunger club? Thanks. It's true, we're hungry, but we're still here. I'm a decent man, just trying to take care of the people who rely on me. Welcome back, fellow survivors. This is TV Podcast Industries, and we are covering The Last of Us, Episode 8, When We Are In Need. I'm one of your hosts, John. I'm another of your hosts, Derek. And Chris will be joining us very soon. He's uh, he's a little bit late for the recording. Yes. But we're hoping that he's going to join us in a couple of minutes. He will join us <laughs> shortly, for sure. Yeah. Um, he's just out foraging for rabbits <laughs> and deer. Um, yes. Yes. Hopefully he'll come back with a nice, big, juicy piece of venison. Yummy. I don't know. After some, this episode, I think I might be turned off venison, but we'll we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll save that for the spoiler section uh, of the podcast about what happens in the actual episode. Uh, one thing I do want to call out at the beginning of the episode, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the um, viewership for the show being really, really good. Um, and they've released some more viewership numbers from HBO this week, John. Excellent stuff. Yeah, yeah. HBO has announced that episode eight, the, this episode this week, has had 8.1 million live viewers for the episode. That's up about 74% from when the show debuted at the start of the season. So this really is a hell of a lot of people watching the show and tuning in every week. Definitely. I guess that's just for the US. That is literally first night viewing immediately live, let's say, even though it's a drama that's filmed a year ago, but live on HBO on the night it airs, it's a massive In the number. US. In the US, yes. And they've also said that it's the top title overall on HBO Max, their streaming service as well, for the eighth consecutive week. it's uh, It's had over 30 million views across all platforms since the beginning of the series. So lots and lots of viewers of the show. Good stuff. I know, I know we're adding to it by watching it two or three times uh, before recording the podcast as well, John. <laughs> well, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, just a reminder of the Last of Us World's End pub quiz question will be up later for episode eight as well. Please email in your nine answers at the end of the season to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. And for an extra chance to get your hands on the Last of Us part one for PlayStation 5 or PC, you can also rate us over on Apple Podcasts. And send us an email with the details. Excellent. Yeah, only two more questions to go. And, of course, you can pop on over to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com to get the, all the questions that you might have missed from earlier on in the season, make it a little bit easier for you as well. Uh, pop on over there. There's a little pub quiz section uh, where you can get all the questions there. Yes, tvpodcastindustries.com forward slash pub quizzes. I think so. Oh, you're making it difficult there. Oh, Just no. go to the website, hit the pub quizzes <laughs> button, and you'll get all the questions. <laughs> I've made it really easy so I don't have to give out uh, okay. URLs that people might mistype because it might be pub quiz. 
not pub quizzes. I'm not sure. Pop on over to the website. We really need to know this stuff. <laughs> you really need not to throw me under the bus as we start recording the podcast, John. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. And then we can eat you. A yummy stew. All right. Braised Derek. This, this episode has changed, John, I think. Hark, I think I hear our other survivor joining us. Yes, I believe I hear the dragging of a dead horse behind him as well. Oof. Yummy. Yes, that that's my that's my um, emotional support animal. It's a dead horse, <laughs> <laughs> ready for the pot. Wow, John, you have changed. You have this episode has changed. You think? Well, hopefully not to the extent where I'll eat anything, yeah. <laughs> Inclu- including Aunt Gladys. So um... <laughs> you could just go for the Van Gogh look and just have one ear under the table at all time. Well, absolutely. Um, Dare I say it? Uh, Ellie did have uh, her ear to had had the ear to the ground. Yes. On that one. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. We're all, we're obviously just going to get straight into spoilers. Um, thanks so much for joining us, <laughs> fellow survivors. Of course, Chris joining us as well. Say hi, Chris. Hello. There we go. That's that's just so people can distinguish each of our voices. Of course. Uh, but great to have you back. Uh, we hope you're enjoying the last of us. We're on the penultimate episode of the show now. I know. I can't believe yes. it. Mm. Not much to go. Flown by. But I think just rumour is it's an hour, over an hour for the next episode. No, no. In fact, uh, announced 42 minutes for the finale. How the hell are they going to do this? Yeah, they've they've announced uh, (laughs) the the episode run times a couple of weeks ago for each of the episodes. And they've been accurate for the last two. So I'm presuming it's right for the last episode, 42 minutes. Um, I can see how they could do it in the game. This is a very fast sequence at the end of the game. Um, if you're good oh, okay. at playing it, <laughs> if you're not good at playing it, this this episode could last four <laughs> se- four to seven hours. Um, okay. Yeah. Yes. So it took you ten. Uh, yeah, I bet that. Yeah, yeah okay. I think so. It was a <laughs> lot of trying to creep around <laughs> and getting killed repeatedly. Yes. Uh, yes. Hopefully that doesn't happen to our two main characters next week. Uh, yeah. Let's this, hope not. This this is where we basically get the live die repeat, or it was at the edge of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Kind of, uh, this is the crossover. <laughs> this is Phil, basically Joel and Ellie dying repeatedly, trying to just get the one day right. I am telling you, I played this section of the game um, the other night while John was out, um, and I died as Ellie about fifteen times. And I know this section really well of the game. I knew exactly what was going to happen. Because you died as many times last yeah, time, yeah, exactly. And I still died a bunch of times uh, during the section because there's uh, there's quite a lot of uh, of violence of violence happening uh, around Ellie uh, throughout this section. And it's the section again that you play as Ellie, so you're playing kind of as a new character with different skills than you normally are playing throughout the game as Joel. So, um, so yeah, it's a fun section to play, uh, and you can just jump into it. So I, I, I took the opportunity and jumped in and, and died a bunch of times. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well, at least you then didn't end up in the pot after dying. Uh, well, exactly. Exactly. Thankfully, you just restart almost instantly. <laughs> yes. But before we get into our spoiler-filled discussion of this episode... Please remember to pop on over to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com where you can subscribe on any good or evil podcast player of your choice. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can also send in your feedback, thoughts, observations, comments on every episode of The Last of Us by sending in your email to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or you can head on over to our spoiler-filled post over on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TV podcast industries. Yeah, you'll need to join the group first if you haven't joined yet. But it's really simple to do. Just make sure you answer the questions that's there because uh, Facebook automatically rejects people who don't 
answer the question. <gasps> yeah, and unfortunately we have. Uh, it has automatically rejected a few people over the last couple of weeks for not answering the simple question of what TV show do you watch, basically. So um, it's not that difficult. It's not, I promise, it's not a, 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 it's not a big quiz or a maths problem or anything like that. You just have to answer it or else, uh, or else Facebook kick you out. If Ellie leaves the train station moving exactly. 100 miles an hour and Joel <laughs> leaves a different train station leaving 100 miles an hour, when will they both kill the bag? <laughs> what form of transport are they traveling on? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Ah, oh, brilliant. Okay, then let's jump right into this uh, melting pot, shall we, of an episode. <laughs> Derek, what are some of the episode details? Well, the show, of course, is based on the PlayStation game written by Neil Druckmann <gasps> and directed by Bruce Straley from game publisher Naughty Dog. The series, of course, executive produced and written by Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann. Uh, this episode was written again by Craig Mazin after last week's episode written by Neil Druckmann. The episode was directed by Ali Abassa. He's director from Tehran uh, in Iran and will direct next week's finale as well. Interesting. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He's got he's got lots of award winning work um over the course of his career so far, but uh, this is his first really big project, really big budget project. Um, I know that they have mentioned that he is very specific about what kind of takes he wants to get and does make his actors act out the scenes multiple multiple times to get the best out of their performances. So, wow! Uh, so I know these episodes being so or the show even being so central on character, this is the kind of director you want, having these scenes between two people, and, he's, and he rings it for all the drama he can, apparently. So, but, yeah. I mean, at least two of these scenes are really pushing, at least from my side, pushing the envelope of, like, okay, I want it to stop now. Yeah, yeah I like, agree with that. You know, so... Um, interesting. Yes, my, my favourite line of the week in a, a really glowing review for this episode was... It's constantly riveting and makes you want to want to watch every scene, even when you don't want to. Basically. Yeah, exactly. So it keeps you just riveted to the screen. So great job uh, from Ali. I'm really intrigued to see what he delivers in the, in the finale next week. And John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for The Last of Us Season 1, Episode 8? Sure. Following Ellie's attempt to stitch up the wound Joel sustained when they escaped a group of raiders, Ellie goes hunting for food. Ellie shoots and downs a deer for dinner, but before she reaches her quarry, two other hunters, David and James, stand in her way. At gunpoint from a suspicious Ellie, David reveals they are from a large group in need of the food. Reluctantly, however, Ellie exchanges half the deer for medicine to help Joel. David dispatches James to the town to retrieve penicillin as he waits with Ellie. While waiting, David explains he has stepped up as a leader of this group, who look to him for spiritual guidance. He believes that everything happens for a reason, explaining to Ellie his town is looking for a man who killed one of their own, a man travelling with a young girl. James returns with the penicillin, which Ellie takes and escapes back to Joel to administer. While David, James and other members of the town set to hunt for Ellie and Joel, they capture her and are told to find Joel and deliver vengeance. But Joel stealthily takes out the raiders and the Joel of old interrogates them to discover where Ellie is being held. Ellie wakes up in a cell, and keeping her ear to the ground, realises that David's group has started eating other humans. David tries to convince her to join him. As like him, he can see the loyalty, resourcefulness, and violence in her, and they could lead this town to much better things. 
but he gets too close and Ellie breaks his finger, sending him into a rage. Since she won't cooperate, David brings James to butcher her for food, but Ellie bites him, announcing she's infected, and now so is he. As they look for her bite, Ellie kills James and escapes into the town's restaurant. David chases her, and as the restaurant burns around them, he tries to force himself on Ellie, but she gets her hands on his meat cleaver, taking him out. Escaping from her ordeal, Ellie falls into the arms of Joel, who takes her away from the burning building to safety. There you go, a massively brutal episode of The Last of Us. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mm. riveted, for sure. Yeah. Um, Certainly... You know, what's what sold this for me? I mean, I think Bella Ramsey is, quite frankly, phenomenal. Um, because it's, in the end, just about long enough. That's final scene. I'm sure, you know, we'll be getting into it. Mm-hmm. But because of how she sells her reaction after having done it. Because yeah. there's a moment where you're, like, going before that, at least for me, mm-hmm. oh, uh, are they going to stop? The, 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 you know, the repeated sort of um, tenderizing uh, of of David's head mm-hmm. here. Not that you see any of that, but it, it's just seeing the, the brutal sort of almost, you know, flight or fight def- defense of, of Ellie yeah. here. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, really, really great acting from Bella Ramsey here. Yeah. Absolutely. Threads again. Yeah. For me, I, I can't wait to see what she does in five, ten years. Mm-hmm. Not because she's not an mate, like she is top tier now. Yeah. But can you imagine when she has even a bit more experience? Like the, you're you're going from gold tier to S tier level kind of actress. Um and again reminds me of a Margot Robbie in that for for a while we didn't know who Margot Robbie was. And then she exploded with one of the two parts, case in point, Harley Quinn, mm-hmm. and then suddenly got picked up for all these other parts, including like Babylon and like all of these other way more dramatic yeah. pieces like Amsterdam. And you're like, holy God, yes, give her the part. She can do all of these Absolutely. things. And I think Bella Ramsey's showing with just two well-known uh, parts and series mm-hmm. – that she has range, and that I think this will take her to the, okay, well, let's start giving you this more and more and more. And unfortunately, she is locked because of her age from some of, like, you can't have a a 16-year-old, what? Well, you used to say you can't have a 16-year-old wife. In Hollywood films, you can't have a 16-year-old wife. Um, Funny you should say that, very... considering the content of this particular episode, Chris. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Be- Bella Ramsey's playing a playing a really good job of playing a fourteen year old in this episode. It's really hard to believe that she's eighteen uh, now yeah. at this stage, you know, because because you're seeing her on screen here playing this fourteen year old, and there are times when you really feel how young she is or how long how young she's playing in this role. So uh, a long career ahead of her, I'm sure. And yeah, this episode is fantastic. It really does depend on her being as present and as good at this role as as, as she is you know well so that's, that's fantastic well that's it i mean i think um you know you hear a lot about casting and, and you hear that there are certain scenes that would would be given mm-hmm. because of how crucial yeah. they are and you just wonder whether this is one of them because yeah. 
you really need to know that your actor can deliver yeah. that. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I don't just mean the physicalness of it, but it, it's the emotional look resonance. on, yeah, the emotional resonance on her face as she's doing it and immediately after doing it. Yeah. yeah. Because that, and she's done that a few times now. It, it's the same with Henry taking his, own life mm-hmm. just that sort of outburst of of noise from her and the look on her face just fitted that moment really well it, it felt actually quite natural mm-hmm. and here the reaction to what she's just been doing out of pure you know retaliation and protection of herself and defense of herself mm-hmm. You know, it shocks her, and you see that in her face, and it, it's yeah. really incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a great moment, but in a series of of great moments in the episode yeah, for absolutely. for Bella Ramsey, uh, just done a great job in this episode. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about all of them as we go into our moments from the episode. Yes, let us get into our top moments from episode eight of The Last of Us. First off, let's start off with all of us on. With a smorgasbord opening, um, which is the opening hunt. Yeah, we've kind of done this every week uh, so far because we've talked about the flashbacks at the, pretty much at the start of each episode. Not a huge amount extra to talk about in this opening scene, but it is just about Ellie still on her own and still no confirmation that Joel will uh, be free and clear of this even after yeah. last week where we left last week was that she'd at least tried to stop the bleeding here. That was the, the best she could possibly do to not give up um, based on that memory that she had from uh, from Riley telling her that never give up, no matter whether it's two minutes or two days, you got to keep on fighting. So her version of fighting here is to stop the bleeding as best she can with Joel. So um, Stitch him up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you see that the wound is getting infected here, that he's not eating well, she's trying to give him, I think it's jerky. Uh-huh. So, so, um. See, that or lamb spread. It's one or the other. Yeah, it's not lamb spread. Okay, well, that is jerky. It's very different. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I mean, you, you see that. Also, in terms of the opening, it's not just the, this opening hunt that we see, um, Ellie go on in order to get food and, and provisions. Cause yeah, I guess they're pretty low. Mm-hmm. It is also the introduction of the two other people that are central to this episode in David and James. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, again, really interesting. Um, on the face of it, you're going, okay, this is a preacher um, delivering, you know, a Bible passage that you, you hear that they're struggling for food, that rations are low, and they're only really able to use rabbits and elk that you know it's starting to dwindle mm-hmm. the winter is hard um and potentially his flock are are, are losing faith in yeah. him and you know you just have that moment just be- before it switches back to Joel and Ellie where you have David saying to James seemingly his right hand man here mm-hmm. do you still believe in me um, you know, yeah. and it, it's kind of interesting because given the religious overtones with the Bible reading, you're, you, you're thinking about, do you believe in me around the, the faith of God exactly. and the Bible passage? But actually, 
you know, as this episode begins to progress, you, you get the sense that they have only just started on using humans f- to cover for the scarcity of rabbit and elk for this large group. Yeah. Uh, presumably it involves one of the dead people from the episode previously um at Colorado University possibly could be one of the the fallen uh, raiders that we yeah, saw. Yeah, it was, yeah. So you know, you you see that there's there's, there's a Due to necessity, desperation, they've gone down a route here. Um, but only as the story unfolds during the course of the episode. Here, it feels much like he's losing faith in, in God, in mm. David as leader. And or the, are the two one and the same? Is David yeah. thinking that he's God and James is losing faith in him? Uh, yeah. That's something that we definitely get as as the episode comes on. I really want to hear what your thoughts are on this, Chris, because obviously this is all new to you. This is a a storyline that, that you wouldn't have gotten to in the game. And nope. we're getting more information about it here. We, we certainly uh, get more from the show about who David and his people are. Um, you get kind of nods to it and hints towards it in the game. Um, but... What did you think of of this setup uh, at the opening scenes of the episode? Yeah, because my main point is the human menu, so I'm going to set that aside. The the setup for me in terms of who... Well, first of all, hold on. James. Troy Baker. Yes. Finally. Finally, we get Troy Baker, the OG Joel, the voice of Joel from the games in the show. And oh my God, I love James. I just... uh, I love Troy Baker. Uh Like, I have such... Such... Just amazing actor and what he does and just kind of delivers in this. Um, interestingly enough, he's from a very traditional religious family, mm-hmm. we'll call it that, and group and area and town. So I would say as a actor, this would have been tough for him because he rejected all that and kind of became who he became. Mm-hmm. So I'd say going back and acting as a very religious man to an iconic pastor type guy would have been tough, but hats off. Just absolutely love him for that. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Uh, absolutely love Troy Baker. And if you've been listening to the, uh, to the official podcast, he is the host of the official podcast for, for the yes. show as well. And I know he talks about how impressed he is that they allowed him to come on board after being the voice actor and the performance actor for for Joel coming on board for the show is a, a massive dream for him to be involved. And he did a great job as this this right-hand man. He does stand out uh, amongst yeah. everybody, everybody that's around him. Um, I may not leave this in, but there's a great meme going around that I really enjoyed, which was uh, all across America, millions of non-gamers have their partners t- turning around to them tonight going, that's the voice of Joel from the game. Pray for them. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely love that. Uh, really yeah, good joke. I did that. I did that. <laughs> I literally did that. Uh, yeah, yeah, Derek did though. it to me. I was like, I know. I know. <laughs> There's Troy. Um, I absolutely loved, A, him being there and then getting yeah. this introduction to this group, which is, you. there's always going to be one. Religion plays such a huge part in the human world Mm -hmm. no matter what your religion is religion as a part of society plays a huge part so no matter what post-apocalyptic scenario you get placed in there's always going to be a religious faction or a section or Mm storyline 
usually, unless they decide not to investigate. But any of the big ones have always added in some yeah. form of a religious person or some form of religion. Typically, because they are more American-focused shows or films, there is an American posture taking control and type. So that's that storyline. Um, as soon as I saw the, the religious aspect of it, I'm like, oh, no. This is not good. <laughs> yeah. Because you're you're trained in current cultural TV norms that that level of devotion or devotion, yeah, let's call it that. Religiousness, zealousness. Okay. Yes. That being yeah. such a zealot to that type of like old school, old testament okay. style typically is in a in a storyline, but like it's like oh that they're they're hiding something they're a bad person because they are uh it's it's in the it's in the like the 10 commandments do not covet false idols yet sometimes these kind of pastors or central clergymen become the very thing the very idol that they ask not to mm. and you get a scene like that later where a little girl kind of stands up and says, kill these two, and David slaps her down, yes. and I'm your father. Very much you're questioning, well, no, no, you're not. Her father's dead. Oh, you mean in that way. And it's in that way, I mean the religious kind of holy way. Later on, we get that whole other bit, and we'll get to that later. Mm. There's another, there's a, a layer and an onion to all of this. Absolutely, absolutely. And that little girl, of course, is Hannah from the opening sequence, who yeah. has lost her father recently, completely inconsolable yeah. about it, and being told, we won't be having your funeral for him until we get through the winter, because we can't uh, dig up the frosty ground. And what is really happening is they've taken his body, and that's what's going to be feeding uh, the, the tens people from now on. So, uh, yes, there's loads of layers in here. Uh, I, I do want to stick a little pin in the uh in the religion question because uh, i w want to talk about that in the david point because we actually learned something really key to the religion piece uh later on yeah. which i find really interesting and it flips everything in its head but um what i really like about this is we're seeing different types of societies as we have throughout the show yeah. the show is all about how people have survived 20 years on from the apocalypse and we've seen a massive city that's been completely overthrown from the control of Fedra. We've seen Fedra in control of another city where Joel and Tess started out. We've seen Jamestown, which was in control of a community group that seems to be working quite well. And now we're seeing um, a, a city that is under the control of someone that is preaching from the Bible and, and trying to teach the same lessons that were being taught 20 years before the apocalypse. So yeah. I like that they're taking these types of communities which will pop up if everything suddenly went to crap tomorrow these types of communities would be exactly the type of communities that would pop up and what i do specifically love about this is i think ellie probably calls out the way i would see this hang on a second the world ended 20 years ago why the hell are you following uh, god nobody believes in god anymore but david has stepped up and become yeah. uh, this religious leader for the group because that's what they all need to get them through these tough times yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I think we've said it before. It, it's the fact that when that large society dismantles because of this apocalypse, it's the tribe becomes smaller and so therefore more more varied in, in terms of how it's going to get run. I like how they're showing that. I think as well, what makes this, I think, a bit different from 
the norm of it, it's the religious group. It, it's the inconsistency with, of their leader, the one proportionally to preach this mm-hmm. this this message of, of, of the gospel, you mm-hmm. know. And in that sense, Scott Shepherd is is really good. But then, so Scott I, Shepherd is fantastic yeah. as David Heath. So really, I, really good from the first moment. You're not sure whether you can trust him because yeah. you're not supposed to. He's a stranger, of course. But he's saying all the right things, yeah. and he's he's kind of being playful and having really good conversation with Ellie. Seems really really knowledgeable, and the way he kind of drip feeds out why you don't trust this person is fantastic throughout the. Episode. So I I, yeah. I think in this opening, it, it's really good how they move from this new couple effectively of David and James back to Joel and Ellie mm-hmm. and, and their their various predicaments, and you you get the moment where. David and James find that deer that Ellie has has, uh, has shot, mm-hmm. um, and you just get the meeting of these two groups by proxy through, you know, over this this uh, dead deer. Yeah. Um, I, 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 you know, Ellie maintains a kind of uh, flippant sort of approach, just mm-hmm. with calling James "buddy boy," um, which I, I kind of really like. You know, she's in a sense the one in control here yep. by having um the gun on them so you it, it's just that meeting i guess it, it it's almost like cortez coming to you know the the aztecs uh-huh. or it's um you know indigenous first peoples first meeting europeans uh-huh. it, it's trying to figure them out and at Ellie's heart, there is suspicion for sure. Absolutely. Um, did you notice that she did the uh, the Star Lord thing when Star Lord meets Thor, where she lowered her voice um, when talking <laughs> to them for the first time, and she's like, "Hang on a second, put your guns down." And you can tell it's a different voice that we've heard from Ellie for the last couple of episodes. So she is thinking, "I need to make myself look bigger and appear stronger than uh, than they'll see when they see a fourteen year old gun girl with a hunting rifle." Yeah. yeah. So she's trying to do everything she possibly can in her power to be in control of that situation but yeah. uh, but a great opening to the episode uh setting up this really tense beginning what's going to happen when ellie all alone is meeting a brand new group of people who are really desperate as we uh, yeah. we see there are at the start of the episode yeah good stuff let us move on to our next top moment chris what's your top moment from the episode i, I i'm gonna bring with this moment a bottle of Chianti um, and serve it rare just just kind of a nice a nice sear kind of on both sides maybe maybe if some people might like it medium but definitely not well done I want to talk about the human menu mm-hmm. um, because this was I always expect some variation of this okay because humans are terrible <laughs> uh, and but humans are survivors uh-huh. um, so seeing this I wasn't expecting it though. Like in this show, I like I thought this was just going to be a religious fanatics type storyline. Yeah. Um, and then when you do see, it is slowly revealed because it is it becomes very obvious at a point. Obviously, the ear on the ground. Yes. But um, you, you're kind of there's enough hints and tr- like trickle of just kind of information. That it's just like, like you mentioned, like, we're not going to put the body in the ground because it's too solid. Mm. And you're like, mm, that's a bit, okay. Maybe. Yeah, I understand yeah, it. Sure. Yeah, I understand yeah, it. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. And then as it adds up and builds, 
You're like, oh, no, there's too much here. Yeah. And then even with Ellie in the cage, you're like, okay, maybe he's maybe the storyline is he's just a bad guy. And the reason yeah. we'll get into later. And then you get the year and you're like, oh, so like, because there's the guy, one of the, the townspeople coming out and goes, what's the meat? And it's like, it's, it's deer. And you're like, oh yeah, because they got the deer. But then they bring the deer, they only arrive in after then with that deer. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. And I, and I was wondering about whether you would have, whether you would have guessed it from watching the show for the first time that this is what's happening with the group. Because you're right. You know, you could easily be thinking religious group. Oh, she's immune to the virus. They're going to have some big problem with this. They're going to call her a witch and burn her or burn her at the stake or do something because uh, she's completely unusual for not having the virus. You know, maybe that's what's going to happen. That's why there's, there's fear here. Um, and I do think they hide it well enough. Um, from un- unless you know the story that you probably won't know that they're going to be cannibals uh, here especially because only four people in the town know that they're cannibals um this is hidden from everybody else there is a, a really good moment though uh david's only told four people sorry in, in the town everybody else thinks they are eating venison there is a really good moment though um i think it, it almost comes across as comedy if you know that they're eating human meat uh when David and James arrive back as they open the door, holding the deer, really happy with themselves that they've got the deer. You see everybody stopping eating and looking at them as if, if only it arrived 25 minutes earlier, we wouldn't have to eat Fred. <laughs> you know, uh, it just, it just comes across a little bit of a comedy moment, but really the reason why they're stopping is because James has told them all that the reason they have this deer is because they've met possibly the girl who was with the guy that killed a member of their community. Yeah. Yeah. I think as well, like, the the take I really liked about this is that, in a sense, <laughs> this is going to sound a bit weird, is that they're starting their journey on cannibalism. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah. it's not like the full throttle sort of cannibals uh, yeah. f- going for, for Joel and, and Ellie for that reason. You know, there is the other reason that Alec, one of their own, was killed by Joel, mm-hmm. but it, it it's also the willingness for David to potentially bring Ellie into the group. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and and at every step to prevent the others from killing her, you know. So, I like that it's this initial journey that there's only four people. Yeah, that there's so you know some knowing glances. At meal time, yeah. um, which I just thought was really kind of just a little bit different. They're not full blown cannibals. You know, at least they don't even know that's happening. Exactly. It's yeah, an exactly. executive decision that's mm-hmm. been done, and it, it it links back to you know, as I say, by the end of the episode, that do you still believe in me? Is probably you know, have we done? Have we gone down the right course here? Um, and he does because otherwise they starve. You know, so yeah. I mean, it, it it's like the plane crash where they're stranded, like the film Alive, where yeah, in a right. sense to survive they have to then do the unthinkable, yeah. and it feels like they're at that moment, you know, and maybe that's why he's withholding it so that you know, come summer, who knows, they they go back to 
veggies and you know start rearing chickens or whatever but you presume so yeah it 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 just adds that slight difference to the sort of just general cannibal story absolutely and i would argue that that is the massive difference is that david has told four people and nobody else in the town knows what's happening here so you bring up a really good example a live true story actually happened that in order to survive, they had to make this desperate choice here. There's no choice being given to the people that are following David as their leader. It seems like, given that Joel finds a number of bodies at the end of the episode, it seems like he's choosing people to take out and feed to the rest of the people saying they're dying because of hunger or dying because of the awful conditions and feeding them to them. Um, oh, yeah. That's what it seems. There's a yeah. woman. Yeah. There's a woman in the in the one of the bodies is mm-hmm. a woman. Yeah. We we never hear about a woman being like as part of the raiding group that was taken out. Or no, I mean he says four people went scavenging, yeah. three returned, and, and we yeah. saw the four of them in that episode. All four men. Um, we know the one that David that that Joel killed was Alex. So the, there's another three bodies there waiting to be uh, delivered to the town, and they have no yeah. choice in this situation. I think that's the really big thing. I'm not justifying cannibalism in any way at all no absolutely but the really big difference in this story to a cannibal story is that half of this town doesn't even know themselves most of the town doesn't even know themselves no exactly and it's also that insight into david as their leader exactly you know is on the you know you could say is he trying to protect them from the awful truth of what they're eating what they're doing Mm -hmm. and so you know come summer it's back to a regular diet or does this take him down the darker path or is it that well he's completely he hasn't made that choice public to his flock yeah and i, and I think part of the pushback that he gets from james when when he says when he goes and picks up ellie and brings her back to the town part of the pushback that he gets from james remember the words that james says are what are you doing? That's just another mouth to feed, is how he describes Ellie, yeah? What we know is because of all the mouths that Davis has to feed, look at the decisions he's made. And James is going, hang on a second, don't bring another person into this situation that has just gone completely off the rails. David even describes that himself. Look what happened to me when I'm the person that has to lead people. I've greenlit killing people feeding them to everybody else to keep them alive yeah so yeah i i've really gone down a dark path here and, and the one of the only people that knows about it is also calling him out on it here when he's bring when he's carrying ellie back to the town yeah. or, or dare i say it not to take a dexter moment but does he already have the dark passenger inside him because that's the other side of it absolutely and um, as well yeah i i'm so curious i i isn't there a whole thing that if you eat human flesh after a certain point, you get sick, quite, quite, quite sick. Like, there's a whole... Well, they're not looking the best either, but that could just be no. winter, lack of no, vitamin yeah. D, you know, whatever. I haven't studied it. Um... But you, you approve of it, because that's what we're hearing. So you're saying, <laughs> if you were to, like, you would eat... You would eat myself and John if we were, like, there. Like If we were stuck, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, no. It's fine. I would shave off part of... Like, I've got a good... Big, bit of belly here it's it's basically pork belly i would be a good pork belly if you describe it like that chris you know um we may not have to have to wait till the apocalypse uh that sounds amazing um (laughs) (laughs) wow this is this is our darkest episode of tv i think it is uh yeah 
But I think that look, that's definitely enough of the human menu for this. I, th- I, I think, think so. Yeah, we, we've descended into the darkest timeline. Uh, yeah. So uh, dark humor is prevailing uh, at the do moment you, for yeah, sure. John, do you want to tell us what your top moment is? Yeah. It, well, I mean, it's not much lighter to be honest. Um, it is Joel's interrogation of the oh, the two yes. guys um in in the house mm-hmm. because I mean it again. It's another scene that is so brutal here. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I certainly don't want to get uh, interrogated by 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 Joel anytime soon. I mean, it's kind of set up previously. Were and I, I love the line about with with David giving the orders. You know, I'll bring Ellie back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you two bring the horse. You know, it's more more meat. Uh, and the rest of you, you go deliver your vengeance. Um, and it was just really good as they're kind of combing through the town and you, you see, you know, a heavily injured Joel and uh, managing to get the strength. I mean, we don't quite know the time lapse here as such, but it, it doesn't feel particularly long. So it, it's massively, it's going to be massively painful. Um, yeah. But you, you see so, him taking out one of the guys that is checking the basement um, where he has been held up and yeah. and is been recovering or trying to recover. Yeah, so it's basically just to give a timeline. It's Ellie stitches him up. He goes to sleep. She gives him a shot of penicillin at the end of the next day and then wakes up the following morning and gives him another shot of penicillin. And then she's then they're attacked. So it's that close. It's only like a day or two yeah. since the injuries. So. And it's a good shot in fairness of penicillin uh-huh. that is being yes. is being given. <laughs> so you know certainly um, it possibly is a good sort of initial plug. I, I'm guessing, but ultimately um, you know he's still severely injured. So you know you see him taking out one of the guys with the knife into the neck. And then gradually, you know, using him as a trap. But the interrogation scene, in order to find out where Ellie is, where they've taken mm-hmm. um, her to, is another really brutal scene in this uh, in this episode. Yeah. And I mean, just the knife in the kneecap. I mean, my legs went kind Ooh, of yeah. weird when that happened. Oh, and then he says, I'll pop the kneecap. And I'm like going, oh, oh okay. Yeah. So it, it's the description. Uh-huh. But I think what's really good here is that, you know, the reason for showing this is it's a glimpse into the Joel of old. Yes. You know, we've heard all the way through this series Mm -hmm. about what he needed to do to survive. You've heard it with Tommy as well. And where Joel casually just says the things we did. And it's like, it's not the things we did. It's murder. We murdered people. You know that Joel was vicious, brutal Mm -hmm. in terms of how he went about, what he did for the reasons he did it, whether to protect himself and um, whether to protect the supply line or whatever it is. Yep. And I love the fact that you get that glimpse here. I mean, to the point where e- even with the kneecap, I think the, the brutal thing is after the guy 
with the knife in his mouth points to the place on the map Mm -hmm. like he did with the two old couple uh um in the cabin earlier yeah you know if you don't both point to the same place Mm -hmm. i'll kill him yeah uses that same trick but then after being shown where on the map he just drives the knife straight into the stomach of of the guy yeah um and then just immediately picks up a, a pipe to batter the head yeah. of the other one. Yeah. And the guy said, but you, you you said, you know, you'd only kill him if I, if I said something different. He says, no, I believe him. Yeah. You know, like it's really just uncompromising. Absolutely. Um, and no panic attacks, remember? Yeah. This is Joel returning to his old ways after thinking that he needed to send Ellie with Tommy because he was too old for this, that he'd gone past his prime, he couldn't take care of Ellie anymore. Look what he's willing to do in order to get her back now that he knows he's knows she's gone. He's not anywhere near to full strength at all here, and that's what I love about the show. This, they didn't do a, a simple time jump, and he's fine. He's still on death's door almost, but she's done just about enough to get him off his feet so he's able to take out the first guy, and then everything else is done stealthily and quietly and really brutally he almost kills i think it's marco is the one that he kills in the cherry almost kills him by falling into him with the last ounce of strength that he has and the other guy was knocked out and tied up so he can't get away from joel so he's done it really smartly with all the strength that he has but it is really brutal brutal and you're right it is absolutely the joel that you would have seen if you're following joel four or five years into this apocalypse. Yeah, I mean, and again, it just complicates his character uh, so much. You'd want to be want to be Ellie and nobody else in this world, basically. No, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it really complicates his character. You know, he's he's not the 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 bright grandpa to be who's going to give you a Werther's original here. Mm-hmm. It, it is literally, you know, it's really difficult to watch because it's just so brutal um but at the same time there's a reason for showing that because it's to give that glimpse into joel's history yeah you know and to show and to nuance his character uh again to actually add the detail of what's been mentioned previously exactly uh so he's not a good guy no yeah exactly like that that's the thing we they always try and bring you back to mm-hmm. is that Joel is not a good exactly. person. He's done terrible things to survive, but he's done terrible things. He's not afraid about doing terrible things. And the question then becomes, what else is he willing to do? Like yeah. he has now, he's interrogated. You wouldn't even call it interrogated. He tortured the information out of these guys mm-hmm. and is not, does not care like he cuts that guy in the throat coming down when the guy's downstairs and brutally in a way that basically the guy cannot scream for help yeah yeah. like he like he viciously and kind of does this i did describe that in my notes as one hit kill because that's all he's able to do basically yeah and that's it exactly and it it will give it like you said he's on death's door but this is him on death's door though Mm -hmm. this is the the bit you you're being told to remember that he's running on adrenaline. Yeah. That is what he yeah. is. His job is now to, or it, from this point forward, is to save and continue to save Ali. 
Yeah. Absolutely. And that begs the question, again, to someone who hasn't played the games, what do you think of this as the choice? So you, you really do think that he's on his diehard vengeance moment here where he's going to go out there and save Ellie. And he doesn't save Ellie in terms of the violence. No. It doesn't save her from David. She has to do no. that herself. So the choice here, if you've been following the show and thinking Joel is your main character and Ellie's the person that he has to take care of in this episode, it's Ellie taking care of Joel and then Ellie taking care of herself and then Joel being there to comfort her. Yeah. yeah. Joel's the dad. Joel is not the central character. Joel is the dad. Joel is your, your protagonist. Ellie's your protagonist. Yeah. And they're slowly building. They're showing you, and they've alluded to it, Ellie has a dark side, mm-hmm. which is growing and becoming worse. And the 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 factor, the, the final lesson we'll get from Joel um, is for Ellie to learn that that, that violence can be contained. And direct it in the right manner. Maybe. Like, yeah. use it, you use your violence to protect or the thing you're, you're trying to protect. Maybe. Be a test. Can't, be a can't s- wait till you see the end of the series, I Chris. Know. <laughs> I know. I, this is why I, I'm both very joyful that you guys have played it, uh-huh. but also like, the the, the 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 odd smirk and the twitch of the eye. I'm like, am I is that am I onto something or am I not? Yeah, we're, we're not we're not going to give anything away at all. But but no. but you're right. You know he does he does play the role of the father at times. But again, the trope is the father goes and saves the helpless yes. 14 year old teenage yeah, daughter, and it, he doesn't do it here. And no, I, I exactly. love that choice. It flips that whole expectation on its head, especially because you have this massively brutal, violent scene where he interrogates the information out of them. And it's early enough after Ellie's been taken that you go, oh, okay, I think it'll all work out now. He's going to get there just in time to save yeah. her from the bad men. That's not what happens. And I mean, speaking yeah. of the game, in terms of this sequence mm. as well, you have this shot for shot. Yeah. injured Joel, mm-hmm. you know, having to sort of take down the, these these guys yeah. um, in in that moment, you know, and the interrogation. Mm. You have... As well, the sequence with Ellie where she's taken back by David, that's actually shortened. That's cropped. And mm-hmm. um, there's much more of her having to kind of sneak through and, and take out these raiders as well. Yeah. And um, so there's more of them. But, I mean, just coming back to the, the quote that uh, David said to the guys, he said, if the rest of you are so hungry for vengeance, then deliver it. Yes. And the vengeance is delivered by Joel. Exactly. Ultimately. Exactly. Um, and yeah. in order to get information, you yeah. know, so, uh, it, it's just really like, you know, it's a tough watch. Um, yeah. this episode. But there are rhymes and reasons for that, and I think it's pulled off really, really well. Without a doubt, yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And the whole series has been such a tough watch, <laughs> really. Yeah. yeah, in a lot, in a lot of ways, they're they're not shying away from anything in this show. But there is a real reason behind everything here. It's not violence for violence' sake. They've avoided having you know hordes of zombies, which they could have done, or a normal yeah. show would do, or a normal game would do. Specifically, you would have hordes and hordes of things to kill. Um, they're telling a story. 
And a lot of this is emotional and a lot of it's uh, brutal because of what's going on. But it's totally understandable and totally in character for the characters that we've got here. Agreed. I, I think it's, it's also the fact that this, is, in some ways, is the first time it's directed solely at Joel and Ellie mm-hmm. because of True. what happened at the University of Colorado. Yeah. In that brief fleeting moment where to them they were protecting themselves but they kill one of these um one of the townsfolk of this group so who asked for it they attacked them no exactly but it it it, it's it it means that for david for james for all these people the focus of their ear the focus of their vengeance is on these two you know Back in Kansas City, they get embroiled in what's happening. You know, it's not say yeah. it's a, it. It's not that it's less personal, but it just so happens that if there had been a chance to explain, there's an explanation there. Yeah, they can't. Yeah. They can't explain this other than while well, we were defending ourselves. Yeah. That could be yeah. what they were going to do. You know, because mm-hmm. them scavenging. Was it for humans? So actually, yes, they are justified, but the other side will never think that. Yeah. yeah. So exactly. I, I just liked how it it's like it's more personal, effectively. I agree. And, and again, I think it's a really good example of how this show is able to tell you that every single person here obviously is the center of their own story and all of them have lived experience of 20 years post-apocalypse. What have all of these people gone through and done to get to the point that they're, that they're in there 20 years on from the apocalypse. And then someone runs across the path of Joel and Ellie and dies because of it. For whatever reason, they were out searching for food because their entire town was starving. Nobody stopped to talk to each other about it. One of them is lying dead now. And look what happens to, to Ellie and Joel because of it. And look what happens to that entire community because of it as well. So uh, I, I love how they're writing this show. They're, they're really filling out the corners of uh, this world that they've created, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, uh, Derek, uh, on to our third and final point. I know we've mentioned him a lot, but he is such a central character to the show. Let's just talk about David. Um in the show and what what his storyline and his his character in the show because i just think it's a really fascinating villain um yeah one of the first real villains we've seen in the show overall right the one i i think this is probably the biggest villain that we see uh in the show um because he's terrifying in the fact that he's pretends not to be he's got that that mask of god over the face of the devil right is is kind of what you'd what, what i'd describe him as um the whole scene where he meets Ellie, you've already talked about that piece earlier on, but the fact that he stays behind with Ellie, sending James off to get the penicillin to, to help uh, Joel. He knows exactly who Joel is. He's heard the story. He knows Joel's been injured, so the, that's confirmation to him. We know that the other raiders got back and told him all the details they had about, about Joel and Ellie. So he, from the moment he meets her, knows exactly who this person must be. Oh yeah, and he tries to get oh, yeah. into her confidence. He tries to play up the uh, the friendly pastor, um, you know, the friendly yep. uh, preacher is, is what he says. And uh, I love the joke from Ellie, um, where he says that he's gone from being a teacher to a preacher. And she said, "Why would you do that? It's the post apocalypse. 
everybody knows there's no God now. Um, did you do it just because the two words rhyme? Is that because that could be the only reason, <laughs> right? And he takes it on the chin. He he takes the kind of jibing until eventually he he reveals to her who he is, that he knows who she is, and that he will get his vengeance or the town will get their vengeance on Joel, but not her, because he has other sites for her. Um, and the build of that, the build of what his plan is. And I, I think it's pretty early on as to what the plan is that he's, that in his absolutely warped sense of self and his absolutely warped mind that she's going to be the queen of Riverside and he will be the king and the two of them together will rule over this, the minions that seem to have put him as their idol put him as their leader put him as their god almost you know there's a really telling moment this is the one i'll take the pin back out of when you talked about religion earlier on there's a really telling moment when he has the conversation with with ellie in jail where he effectively says yes he was a teacher these people needed a leader so i became that leader it's almost like he's saying he doesn't really believe in the religion at all oh absolutely he didn't beforehand he was a school teacher but another way of getting himself into a leadership role being a respected member of the community and being worshipped by some people was telling them what's in the bible you know it's as if he'd just kind of go well if it had been something else if people wanted someone that knew everything about television shows I would be the one that would know everything about television shows and then I would have become their leader. It's It means nothing to him. He is an absolutely horrific character. The fact that he says, the way, and the way that he says to Ellie about his teaching career gives you the first indication of the kind of person he is. He says to her, I was a teacher of kids around your age. And you get that kind of development of what he's trying to do, of the pedophilia that's inside of him, the fact that he wants Ellie as his future queen the fact that he uh, the way that he touches her as he brings her closer to the side of the cage um the way that he touches her hand you know this is a bad man that you want to steer really clear of and ellie is so trapped in this situation she is absolutely i guess like the deer in the in the sights of the of the hunting rifle at the beginning she is the prey that's been trapped by this predator 100 percent, and it's the way they reveal him to be the predator that he is. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's, it, it's fantastic. Yeah. It was, so the, was he, I, the question I have one, one question, is he a pedophile in the game or is it alluded to? Or is it just directly called out as well as this? It is the exact line that, uh, David says in the restaurant as it burns down around them. That exact line is exactly how it's delivered to you in the game. Yeah, and I think almost every line uh, from the game is is transferred. It's a, you know little movements here and there, of course, and uh, but like James is there, David's there, exactly the same as in the game. They're all uh, have these scenes the way they are. The scene you don't get actually as much is the two of them sitting around getting his history and how he became uh, the leader of this group. That that's not as yeah. as detailed, but yeah. uh, but the build up, I suppose, of you think he's on your side. And he turns on you, and you're playing yeah. as Ellie. The fact that he that, that, that those those twists and turns are all in there in the game, yeah. And you don't really have the religious side of That's true. of yeah. things either. Yeah. And you've kind of, I think you're really just immersed into the fact that they are long-standing cannibals. That's what I mean. So I think that's where it kind of changes a few of these things up. Mm-hmm. I, I also like the fact that 
you know, in the cell when he's speaking to Ellie, Ellie confronts him because she sees the ear on the ground of the butcher's block. Mm-hmm. But he's just like, these people are weak. They're like sheep. It's almost like he's using them, you know, as well yeah. as the the younger girls like Hannah that he, he slaps down yeah. in, in, in the restaurant. It's also, you know, he's... And I kind of like how it plays out because I think for him, he feels he's weighed up Ellie because he sees that, you know, as he says to her, I see the violence in you. I can see that you'll be a strong leader, which mm-hmm. we've heard from Joel yeah. um, and from her Fedra uh, captain yeah. that um, you're loyal, obviously, to, mm-hmm. to Joel and resourceful. Yeah. And we've seen her loyalty in the last episode. Exactly. Uh, and to Riley, yeah. You know, so he, he suddenly thinks there's, again, he's a, a bird of a feather here. Uh, you know, he's with someone that he can treat with, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but she knows, she just knows she has that, um, she kind of just deep inside of her has that sense about him. Yeah. And um, I think it's when... You know, you hear him actually, his God is not God. It's mm-hmm. the cordyceps where he says <laughs> they secure their future violently if needed. That's what I'm yeah. doing here. And in a sense, it, you know, he talks about admiring them about how they do it. And, and in a, in a sense, that's why he's got to put this veil uh, across his true intentions and picks up the, the, the book the Bible to to keep that veil there, as you say, the devil's mask. Yeah. Um yeah. and it's just so good. I mean, he's so creepy and I think uh, Scott Shepherd is just brilliant. Just so good here yeah. uh, in terms of how he moves this character, how he portrays him through this episode. I mean, to yeah. the you know, the final moments in the burning uh, restaurant as well. Yeah. You know, it's, he is as uncompromising as Joel in a different way. Yeah. And the lines he says, when you look back with the knowledge that he is a pedophile, that's where you're like, oh God, he's, he's worse than we expected. Like, so the line with where he says, I'm your father to Hannah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. After he slaps her, it's just like, oh no, 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 you're worse. Yeah. Because, like, it's just like he wants his little haram of women, young women. Yeah. Um, girls. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I took that one more as because the, the full line that he says to her is, if you think you don't have a father, you do have one and respect him when he's speaking. It is much more of a controlling um, leader piece that he's saying. Remember, he's saying it in front of a whole room full of people uh, yeah. in that moment. And it feels like. With Ellie in his absolutely warped mind, he does feel like he's found someone that can sit by his side. It's interesting you called out that line where he says, I'm a shepherd and everybody here is just sheep, when in fact he's a wolf and everybody there is sheep, uh, effectively. And he thinks he's found another wolf, another person full of violence. I do think he sees Ellie as something completely apart from this group of sheep in the tent. Um, I I don't think... He would take anybody. I think he specifically is looking for someone like Ellie. And that's what is really building that violence up in Ellie, building that anger up in Ellie, because he's looking at her and all he can see in her 
is someone like him. And that's not Ellie. Ellie's not been a person like David ever, but he is looking at her and seeing himself in her and all the things that she has built around her, all the defenses that she's built around her. He's seeing those as violence. He's seeing those as a person capable of doing the things that David is doing. And it's getting her so aggravated and and aggressive that moment where she breaks his finger to get the keys out uh, from him to get out of the, get out of the cage. Like that moment is the first moment of, I am nothing like you. I'm underlining it here. I'm nothing like you. Um, the moment when he tries to rape her in the restaurant, it's the words that he's saying to her, where he's saying, you'll learn now that it is the fighting that's part of it. It's, uh, it makes it more enjoyable for me, but in love, there is no fighting. Again, it's him mistakenly telling Ellie, this is part of the love that he feels for her, which is why she goes absolutely off on one when she gets out from under him and gets the cleaver um she is absolutely not going to accept this from anybody but definitely not somebody who thinks that she's like them yeah it's it's so well done you mentioned about the performance there but everything in the build-up here absolutely delivered um by bella ramsey is so much for so sure. much more and does build to this moment. You can have a brutal moment in an episode. You can have a violent moment in the episode, but the buildup that they've delivered with this, with these two characters against each other throughout the episode, I think is just absolutely brilliant. It's really, well, it, it justifies the response mm. and you see why that response is happening yeah. because of that buildup. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, and, and again, it's really difficult to watch. As you say, there is that moment of yes, yes, absolutely right. Ellie, you go kill him. You go, oh, God, oh wow. Okay. All right. He does deserve it, but you have gone so brutal because of everything else that's built to this moment. It's yeah. it's it, there is a a cheer moment when something like that happens to a pedophile in a TV show. Yeah, it's happened before. They've been killed in TV shows, but this moment here is everything coming from Ellie. There's there's much more nuance to it. There's much more to it. Well, it, it's also the response in the cell to her, you know, because mm. after she's broken his fingers because he, he you know he batters her face into the cell and yeah. and you know maybe he's expecting um subservience from that or or fear mm-hmm. and you just get defiance Absolutely. but it's you know gone is the buddy boy irreverence or the the jokey um, you went from teacher to preacher. Mm-hmm. This is her absolutely just saying it how it is, mm-hmm. um, with with no window dressing, yeah. with 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 no comedy or anything like that. Yeah. you know. And my name is Ellie. You can tell people Ellie is the little girl who broke your finger. Yeah, it's like whoa, go on, Ellie. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, absolutely brilliant moment. Just love that power that she that she takes yeah. back, and she's in a cage. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, anything more for for this point? Nothing else for this point. No. Okay. On nothing from me. On to to notes. Anyone got any notes for the episode? Nothing from me. I know I have one. It's kind of again a bit of an off kilter comedy moment. Um, <laughs> I think after Hannah has been slapped and. And you have David then, you know, going into a prayer before the food. And it's all been silent because, you know, he's just 
slapped Hannah down to the ground and delivered, um, you know, his little speech there in front of this whole restaurant filled with his his group. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so there's this deathly silence. And then with the prayer, you know, it, it's just very, it's just him speaking. And I, just when he finishes that, you just get this clackety clack of all the spoons as they feed. Oh, and yeah. it's, <laughs> it's almost like part of the, the soundtrack because it just keeps going. Yeah. And it's really kind of, I kind of chuckled to myself with it because it, it was like, is that just me hearing that or is is that purposeful from yeah. the sound engineer just how the direction's done because it 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 was almost like all right now 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 we must just talk about random stuff to forget that that happened it was like oh quick it was just like clackety clack clackety clack 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 as they were all kind of scraping the bowls yeah. of the i guess human soup but almost like a feeding frenzy as well yeah yeah but so, nervous it yeah. felt nervous it felt agitated um, it, it felt like it was almost trying to sort of distance what had just happened. Absolutely. Um, and I thought it was really good, yeah, but yeah. I also found it slightly amusing. Yeah, and, and I suppose it also indicates, you know, that the whole scene had started with them not eating because he'd arrived home. They'd found out about Joel being alive and, and they were waiting for their master, their leader, to tell them what was going to happen. And he has told them they're going to get a night's sleep, they're going to go out there, they're going to get them. The next day, yeah. they're going to find them. So they're saying, leader's back now. We can continue. We can eat. Um, yeah, yeah. I thought that was a really good touch uh, in the episode as well. Um, just one final thing on, on the story. I do like how they lay out why they're in the situ- situation that they're in. I just, I just kind of want to mention it because I did, I did like how it was laid out. They're in, uh, they're in this place, obviously Silver Lake, this beautiful resort on the side of of a lake. Well, beautiful during springtime. <laughs> and how they've gotten to this is effectively it's a resort that you would go to for a few weeks' holidays. It probably looked gorgeous at the beginning of the year, then planted a few crops, and then, oh God, the winter's come. There is nothing else around here because there never was. Um, pick your place to go to in the apocalypse really, really keenly. It's, it's, you've got to make these decisions. You know, we, we had heard what happened in Jamestown was it was a gated community that had everything in it and they built out from there. Yeah. So they've spent mm-hmm. all the time picking a really good place. Yeah. The winters are harsh, but we planned for that because it already was set up quite well. We had a generator down the road, you know, everything was working well. Um, here they've picked a place that looked really nice when they arrived there and got progressively more hellish as time went on. So uh, I just, I just thought that was a really interesting little, uh, kind of drop from David, um, as to why it's gone so bad. Yeah. Yeah. And final note from me, it's just R.I.P. James with the cleaver to the neck from um, from Ellie. Mm-hmm. Troy Baker getting his cleaver uh, put back, uh, I guess, into the wrong knife drawer, uh, well, yeah. into his neck. So I, I, I kind of liked how she buys for time with the I, I'm, I'm infected. And because mm-hmm. she's bitten... Uh, David, you're now infected. Yes. Yeah, great little moment there. Yeah. yeah. Of course, potentially we'll never know whether he would be infected. That's true. That's true. Will this be the game mechanic from now on? Ellie just goes around biting people and seeing if they get cordyceps from her or not. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> but really quick thinking and really a uh, really good moment as well. Yeah, but uh, yeah, um, game Joel killed by TV show Ellie. Yeah. 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 He won't be coming back for season two. Don't think so. Okay, then, that's all the notes from us. Let us get into our wrap-up. 
Chris, overall, what did you think of episode eight of The Last of Us when we are in need? I could have eaten it up with a uh, rare side of beef, a piece of Chianti, human liver, um, <laughs> a, a, a bit of buttock, and some uh, pork belly. <laughs> My own pork belly. All right. Um, it was absolutely great. I love this. Uh, Sickening in a lot of cases because of the topics that were brought up, um, but overall just fun to watch. De- deteriorating from an uh, fun to watch. That's not what I was yeah, thinking was you were going to say. <laughs> fun to watch from and deteriorating across the kind of as the story goes. You're like, oh my god, it's worse and worse and worse mm-hmm. and worse, and then you're building to, yay, Ellie's getting. <laughs> She's getting free. She's doing it. Okay, Ali, stop. Okay, Ali, stop. Okay, you've gone too far. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, that's a lot of blood. And then she runs out and she's there and she's like, I'm here for you, baby girl. And you're like, oh, everything's right with the world as they kind of hobble into the, the ice towards the river. And you're like, oh, yeah, everything's not right in the world, but everything's right right now. Um, So... I don't even know how I would rank it or where, but just enjoyed the hell out of this episode. Yeah. And amazed that we're one left. Yeah. Exactly. Good stuff. Uh, Derek, what about yourself? I, I love this episode. This is one that I was definitely looking forward to. I think this section of the game is, is really tough um, in itself. Uh, there's a couple of major changes. Um, which I haven't minded about all season, of course. It's not that this is a TV show. I've got the game. I'll always go back and play it. But there's one big thing that isn't in the show that does help in the game. Effectively, when David and, and I hope this does, I hope people don't mind me spoiling this a little bit, but when David and Ellie meet for the first time and they're left alone by James, um, the two of them have to fight off one of the biggest hordes of infected that you see in the game. They fight them off together. David helping Ellie, saving her life. Ellie helping David, saving his his life. And by the end of it, because if you're like me, you've spent about four hours fighting alongside this guy, you kind of think of, well, actually, if Joel is dead, maybe David could be the next person that you're yeah. hanging out with for the rest of the game. He's He is the person that's going to take care of you now, and you're going to take care of him, and you're going to fight alongside him for the rest of the game. So by having a sequence where the two of them have fought off the real threat in this world, which is the infected, the two of them are bonded almost, a, b- a bit, a bit more, let's yeah. say, uh, by having that the, those uh, that big battle sequence together. And by not having that in the show, and it just all being told in that dialogue when the two of them are sitting around the fire, you, I, I certainly felt more... Um, worried for Ellie in that moment than I did in the game. I didn't feel worried for her after that scene because you'd fought alongside him for a while. Well, that's yeah. it, yeah. I think the, that part of the game is only supposed to take about 10 minutes, but uh, that's where I repeatedly died over and over again yeah. when fighting alongside David. But it felt like that bit built a rapport between the two characters. The episode overall, though, um, I think this version of David, the story that they've told on the, on the show is a really, really important story to tell. And I think it's done so well. And it closing out with Joel taking her in his arms and saying, I've got you, baby girl, just like he said to Sarah back at the beginning of the season. He's finally 
calling Ellie his daughter now. We've said they've gotten closer and closer. We've said they've had moments where it feels like it's father and daughter, but right now he's using the same nickname that he called his own daughter uh, at the end of this episode. This yeah. is absolutely yeah. the one person in the world that he's chosen to protect. And it's a, it's a massive moment for these two characters as they go into their final, uh, their final arc, I guess. So brilliant episode overall. Uh, John, how about yourself? What do you think of, uh, of the eighth episode of the last of us? Well, before I do, I'm still thinking of Chris getting buttocks, uh, on a, on a plate. Of course, <laughs> the best. <laughs> The best cut, uh, of course. Yes, and absolutely. whether next the most time, tender. yeah, and whether next time in a restaurant, I might just ask for <laughs> beef buttocks when I order a rump steak. I always thought that was a beef cheek. Where? No cheeks are on the face. Oh, okay, yeah. As in yeah. those cheeks. Oh, right. Um, yes, <laughs> it's rump. <laughs> That's um, true. So yes, I might just see how the the waiter responds to. I'll have your finest beef buttocks, please. <laughs> um, rare <laughs> or medium rare or medium rare yes should I say um, but no I, I think me- I think in that case it's a chef's choice John yes but I moving swiftly on um, I thought this was great this episode mm. uh, I'd give it five um, Carpaccio James out of five <laughs> um, you know forget your stews uh-huh. slithers of James uh Put out onto a plate, wow, I think. This is an really oil dark episode. Some capers, maybe. <laughs> a bit of mustard. You were going Yummy. back to your Hannibal days, John. I know. Well, mm. I did like Hannibal, um, but certainly, yes, uh, I can definitely tell our fellow survivors I'm not a cannibal. Yes, yes. But they are intriguing. And we did I cover guess. season three of Hannibal as yeah. our first official show on TV podcast industry. So, yeah, we do have exactly going all the way back about 700 episodes. <laughs> but I mean, I, th- I think just to pull, you know, what you guys have said, I mean, this is just really good. A great antagonist in David, just, mm-hmm. you know, slithering around literally through the episode till you really understand his the the true intentions uh, and in in a sense how manipulative he is not mm. just towards um Ellie and what he's trying to how he's trying to groom Ellie but also in a sense his flock as well really good and um, some really you know s- brutal scenes in here from Joel and Ellie but ones I think that are just done in a way because of the build up and the aftermath of of the scenes and how they are portrayed um in particular by Bella Ramsey who I just thought was phenomenal here yeah. uh, in this episode i mean just so so good so um i really really enjoyed that i liked how they brought Troy Baker in who voiced Joel in the game you know we've said that but it, it's a, it's a really good touch i love it when shows do this um i think it 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 makes a lot of sense because in a sense he's created this character first mm-hmm. um and I, I think that's just really good recognition um and i i just thought i think as you've said derek here we see ellie fend protecting joel and protecting herself yeah uh, it's not the knight in shining armor coming to exactly. the rescue. No. Um, you know, it's in a sense a slightly unhinged older man 
with an infected belly, um, mm. you know, who doesn't get there in time. Uh, you know, and I, yeah. I like how they've shown that glimpse of, of Joel's methods from before, you know, this this time, yeah. this this moment. So uh, I really enjoyed this. I'd give this five uh, Carpaccios of James out of five. Excellent. Excellent. I, I was completely confused by you calling him infected. I was trying to work out who you were talking about. No, exactly. About That's why I kind infected, of... infected in the show means infected. Yeah. Uh, but it is good that you mentioned that as well, because we talked about it really early on in the season. I think in the first episode, there's a, a, a the opening scene where they talk about in the 60s, where they're talking about the uses for fungi. One of those uses is penicillin, right? Fun- fungus did mm-hmm. produce penicillin. And here we have penicillin being used to treat um Jill's wound. So fungi still has positive uses in this world, even though it's killing every single person. Well, if it gets to them, uh, the uh, the cordyceps will kill everybody. Yeah. Well, like the Jedi, there is a dark and light side to fungi. Yes. There's yes. what? How many species are there? Under a million species oh, of, of fungi, loads, isn't it? Something yeah, like that. Loads, so, so yeah, but I, but I do like that it is uh, something that's derived from fungus that's uh, that's helping to save Jill here in this episode. Quite cool, isn't it? Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. I can't believe I didn't I didn't bring that one up earlier because I, I remembered it for the first episode and then forgot to write it in my notes. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> I do think it's time for a drink, though, guys, after this episode. Definitely, yes. Uh, fellow quizzers, fellow survivors, welcome to the Last of Us World's End pub quiz. Absolutely. Coming from a secret location this week because I guess that's the question, isn't it? John, do you want to give our wonderful fellow survivors the Eighth question of nine in our Last of Us pub quiz. Yes. Question eight. What is the name of the restaurant in Silver Lake? See, we'd normally call the location after that for our drink, uh, but we're not doing it this time. So, John, give the question one more time. What is the name of the restaurant in Silver Lake? Answers on a postcard. And by postcard, I do mean feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com, where you can send in all nine answers uh, to us by email yeah. and just as a quick reminder if you rate us leave a review on apple podcasts if you send in those details you'll also have an additional entry into the pub quiz draw uh, and you'll be in with uh, a chance for some last of us goodies which are uh, certainly if you're a gamer uh, it will be the um, last of us part one game on PC or PlayStation 5, mm-hmm. uh, your choice. If you're not a gamer, there will be other Last of Us goodies yes. as well. Yes, we will have another option as well, but uh, but the game's only coming out next month in March, um, uh, sorry, towards the end of March uh, for a PC, so we know lots of people don't have it on PC and I'm probably looking forward to playing it. And don't worry about all my jokes about how difficult it is. You can lower the difficulty to really, really low so you can just play the story uh, through the game if you want to as well. So uh, there are ways to play it, Um but I, I tend to make 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 my life difficult. <laughs> yes, you difficult. like a challenge. Yes. yes, exactly. Good stuff, guys. Let us move on to our feedback. Absolutely, yeah. Just wanted to call out. Uh, I didn't mention on the podcast last week. It totally got on top of me. Um, our 750th episode of TV Podcast Industries was our coverage of The Last of Us, Episode 7. Thanks so much to all of you that got in contact to congratulate us on 750 episodes over the last nine years of TV Podcast yeah. Industries. The only reason people uh, know it is because when I posted it everywhere, I was like, wow, the number is 750. I must tell everybody. And forgot to tell uh, my fellow co-hosts that it was our uh, that it was our 750th episode. Episode. We should plan these better. 
Work it out. How many more have we got to a thousand? We got to do something for it. Two hundred and fifty. Okay. Well, not you, now. You got to do more work, Jordan, than than two hundred and fifty. That could be three years. Or knowing our record, that's probably going to be about a year and a half. I've said it. I, I think a year and a half yeah. or less. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. yeah. I've said it. I think we sh- should celebrate with an in-person pub quiz. Ah, uh, yes. Some kind of convention. Yes. That would be pretty awesome. That would probably be pretty need good. to plan. If it's only a year and a half away, we probably need to start planning that now. So uh, maybe just a Zoom quiz, but like nah. back in the days of COVID. Yeah. Or back in the days of the 500th episode of TV Podcast Industries. Yeah. But yeah. I'll just use this time to say thank you to all of those that reached out to say uh, congratulations to us on our 750th episode. Yes. Big thanks, everyone. Yes, thank you so much. And if you'd like to get us a present, don't forget you can head over to patreon.com slash TV Podcast Industries, where you can support us as a lovely 750th birthday anniversary present. Thank you. <laughs> but you can also support us through buymeacoffee.com. Uh, if you want to just give us a one-off donation towards the podcast, uh, you can buy us a coffee. Um, a huge thank you to Kimberly, who supported us on Buy Me A Coffee this week. As I say, I discovered this podcast last year when looking for a podcast recapping The Sandman on Netflix. I was hooked immediately, and I'm now a regular listener to the show. Keep up the great work. Excellent stuff. Thanks, thanks. so much, Kimberly. Yeah, thanks, Kimberly. Uh, really good to get your uh, support there through Buy Me A Coffee. Yeah, great absolutely. stuff. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much for the coffee. Absolutely, and another one of the great shows that we've covered on TV Podcast Industry, Sandman, was fantastic. Looking forward to the second season of that, too. Yeah. Yes, and we'll be back with the second season of Neil Gaiman's Good Omens. Absolutely. Some point this year? Summertime. Baby. Yeah. Yeah, already confirmed summertime this year. All Excellent Filming's stuff. completed, it's all ready to go. So just a couple more months to uh, to return to the world, one of the worlds of Neil Gaiman. Uh, more comedy-tinged world than, uh, than Sandman was. Oh, hilarious. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, but still has angels and demons. Exactly. Definitely. And of course, you can support us by sending in your thoughts, theories, and comments on each and every episode. We love mm-hmm. uh, discussing and listening to your feedback. But first up on last week's episode, Suzanne Nelson, who says, I couldn't stop wondering whether Ellie had to shoot Riley or if she leaves her in the mall. Both endings seem hard to fathom. So what did happen? Totally bummed that this show is coming to an end. I really didn't like the story of the second game. So not sure if I'll watch season two unless they really deviate from the game. Going to enjoy the season while it lasts. Suzanne. Thanks, Suzanne. Um, I, I, the way I read it is that Marlene, who's one of the Firefly or leads the Fireflies in that section, kind of, I'm assuming, found Ellie in the mall, uh, and took her with her, um, because we know she was then locked up for up to, uh, three weeks, um, while while she was bitten. So and while they waited for her to turn. Um, so I'm assuming they cause they went back for their pipe bombs, found a rabid or non-rabid Ellie. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think that's uh, that's what happened with Ellie. Um, but in terms of Riley, um, as, as as we talked about on last week's podcast, yeah, it's it's pretty much de- definitive that it is Ellie that had to kill Riley. 
So uh, that is the person that she killed. So I think uh, Bella Ramsey has has discussed that in interviews now since the episode aired. That 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 is uh, how unfortunately that that scene ended. And she, oh, like nice. all of us, are really glad that uh, that the scene wasn't shown. Um, but we, I think, we discussed that quite a bit at the end of uh, at the end of last week's yeah. episode. But yeah, I think you're right, Chris. Though how Ellie ended up in the hands of Marlene, yeah, it would make sense that they were coming back to check their stuff. Um, or Marlene was in the streets and and met Ellie on the way back to Fedra potentially uh, after her being bit. Yeah, or, or getting uh, Riley to go off to her new location in Atlanta the following day. Yes, of course she would have would have been coming up the following day to uh, to to get Riley to bring her off to Atlanta. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and yeah, of course, on the second game of Last of Us, mm. I think we only got through so much of it because we ended off in a real difficulty loop, or at least for me, um, where I couldn't get past uh, a number of. I think it was clickers at the time, but certainly I think they'd also changed some of the game mechanics. So there was AI in there that made all the antagonists, whether it was a clicker or a human, uh, change up uh, every time you died. So it wasn't always the same. You couldn't necessarily figure out the patterns, which is, tends to be what I do if they don't use um if it's a thick game <laughs> whereas this became a bit more se- yeah so this became a little bit more uh, sentient in that in that regard yeah. so um I, but I know you've started back on it but I was enjoying the story I thought it was really interesting I I wasn't expecting it to go uh that way to be honest yeah, yeah I have I have started back up on it again and I have realized that that you can change all that stuff to just have uh, an experience of the story. Um, yeah, one of the things they really did add to that second game is the is the advanced um, technology that they had on your enemies, where it's stuff like if you shoot someone random in the first game, it's fine. You know, that's what games are like. You shoot someone. Now, if you shoot someone, you hear someone in, over in the in the right-hand side calling out for Brian, you know, and then uh, calling out going like, my boyfriend's dead. You know, it's like all of them have these really intricate backstories that are built into the game so suddenly everybody in this world has gotten their own little backstory and, and it plays out in the game depending on who you who you kill or who you get past so a uh, really complex game but uh but really good and definitely hoping to go back to it after we finish this season so so i'm looking forward to getting back to that game uh, next time it's a shame you didn't like the story though suzanne uh you never know the show might be might be quite different hopefully um it might play differently even on tv than it did in the game yeah maybe Thanks so much for your feedback, though, Suzanne. Yeah, thanks, Suzanne. Thanks, Suzanne. Next up, we have on this episode, we have feedback from Mindy Megan, who had this to say, Joel calling Ellie, baby girl. Oh, brings me to tears. Also, thank you, HBO, for once again setting all rapists on fire. Mm-hmm. You are welcome. I'm responding as HBO. <laughs> on behalf of HBO, <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks, Mindy. We also have some feedback from David, Mr. Ryder, who had this to say. After last week's snooze fest, good episode, but snooze compared to this. They're back, baby. Wow, where do I begin? The Negan homage with the spikeless Lucille by Joel. The realization that the preacher told the girl her dad would be buried in the spring, but yet he's stew dinner. Also, almost seems like the priest was grooming her a bit. Ooh, he was. I'm live reacting as we go along. Mm-hmm. 
Scott Shepard, who plays David, was great at turning on and off his charm, appearing genuinely nice to evil with a snap of a finger. Ellie looked menacing when she broke his finger too. That Fedra training comes in handy. Mm -hmm. The innocence of Ellie has officially left the chat after that facial rearrangement she left the preacher. Uh. Side note. I almost got misty-eyed when she saw Joel outside. And the Oscar, Emmy, and all the above goes to Bella Ramsey. By far, their best performance from the whole season. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, I'll even know, I'll, I'll even jump in on that. Thanks, David. The, the, the ending, I got you, baby girl. Like, mm-hmm. as Mindy said, like, like, she had the kind of tear emojis in her feedback and I just same. And the same as you, like, I know you said almost misty-eyed, but I definitely got it. Uh, there was a, there was some uh, salt or pepper thrown in my face <laughs> that particular moment. Right. Followed by chilies. Followed, Followed by chilies, <laughs> and then I rubbed it in really, just like you know. And I, it was because I was eating sure the 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 the, the pork belly yeah. and the the take. The steak tartare. I know you always pretend you don't have a heart, Chris. I'll I'll just say it for you. I cried at that moment. I thought it was absolutely yeah, beautiful. Yeah, really, was. a really good moment yeah. between the two characters. Excellent. And stuff. such a defining moment as well for their oh, yeah. relationship. Yeah, really, really good. And David loved your pun, uh, intended or otherwise. Uh-huh. From uh, your feedback, good stuff. Uh, yes, the federal training really did come in handy. Yes, it did uh, for the the broken fingers. Um, <laughs> we like and, we like gallows humor around here with really dark episodes. So, yes, yeah. yep, I think so. I think that's why we do so well with the boys as well. Quite dark, oh, God, really, yes. yeah. um, for sure. <laughs> and I totally agree with you around Scott Shepard. I thought he was phenomenal yep. in this, along with Bella Ramsey. Uh, and, and, uh, Pedro Pascal again, you know, all just bringing their A game. So great stuff. Uh, thanks, David. Absolutely. Thanks, David. Uh, we also had some feedback from Victor Von Doom, who said that was a one intense episode. One could see the evil emanating from David in every scene. Ellie truly showed her grit. The group meal was revolting, as we all know what's on the bill of fare. Was that high-quality antibiotics Ellie administered, or most likely adrenaline and concern for Ellie as Joel went full Mando on the cultists? <laughs> I was both cheering and chilled as Ellie cut loose on David. I believe the horrific events will help both Ellie and Joel break through some walls. Once again, bravo storytelling and bravo TVPI. Yay! Yay! Thank you, Victor. Thanks, Victor. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, full Mando, full Mando indeed, and full in- full intensity. Yeah, um, I think they dialed up that coffee to level six. <laughs> I guess. I guess but, so. the dial goes all the way to eleven. It does. Not on coffee, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> My coffee, it does. Not well, usually. that's true. Same here. My Nespresso boost. It <laughs> goes up to 111. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Thanks, Victor. Yeah, thanks, Victor. Donald Dennis says, before we started watching, Connie said, I hope there's more action in this episode. And for the first bit, it looked like another tension-building episode, but it eventually paid off in blood. This episode <laughs> was a mirror image of what we had in Jackson, where Joel's brother lived. It showed the innate corruption that occurs when one person get too, gets too much influence and shine that through a lens of the abuses of organized religion and impious leaders. With them casting Joel as a madman for defending himself against deadly attacks, 
it showed me just how sheltered the community was from what was really going on. Though, wow, when Ellie was taken, Joel's brutality came through here like we hadn't previously seen. This whole exchange really hints at what lengths he will go to in order to protect the people he loves. At the end of the final conflict, Connie said, oh no, Ellie's been abused before. Based on Ellie's extreme reaction, that makes sense. But in The Last of Us world, everyone has been put through some sort of ringer. There are many triggers that could have caused her to go so berserk. Ellie was very clever in this episode, breaking his finger to get the keys, revealing that she was tainted to stop them from butchering her for food, and how she handled the fight. Do you think Ellie set the building on fire on purpose? It could have been, but I didn't look. I wonder how they will cap this whole thing off next week. Excellent, Donald. Actually, I do think she set the building alight. This is the, the moment that she takes um, the piece of wood that's on fire. She throws it towards David, but she's definitely angling it past his head to catch the curtains on the back window. I, I, that's that's why she's got a lit piece of wood rather than any other implement that she could have chosen from the kitchen. I think she's thinking really quickly, if I set this place on fire, um, it'll give me an advantage, I think. Yeah, definitely. And I, I, I mean, Donald, I think as well the. You're, you're absolutely right. That whole exchange, the brutality from Joel uh, once Ellie had been taken, it, it certainly hints at, you know, the lengths he will go to protect people. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yes, thank you so much, Donald. The final piece of feedback comes from Janet Flammer, who had this to say, David's helping of Stu was four times the size of everyone else's. Will those broken cultists recover from this? No one came to his defense. What was in the drugs and why would David hand them over? Yeah, that was one I even noticed. Like he got, everyone else got the small bowl and he got the nice big plate with the yeah. helping. Mm-hmm. Um, but I suppose that's the leader part. And I think no one came to his defense because probably no one heard. Um, and the guys got away just in time. Again, that's the hope. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, they're, they're kind of pointing out that the butchering is only known by about, what, the four people? Yeah, we, we said yeah. that earlier on in the episode, and, and most of the town doesn't know about it, and the butchering happens in this building, right? Am I right in yeah. that? that that's, it's roughly around this area of town that it's happening, is, yeah. Where, yeah. is where they're butchering uh, the meat for, for service, I guess. Um, so you would presume that... Dinner service. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to work out of the best way to say it, but I guess the rest of the town is uh, it would be spread out a bit, right? Um, yeah. So they're they're not around the area, not close to the area, and it's not a huge length of time that this happens. That the fire happens, so I presume they're going to get there pretty soon afterwards and try and put out the fire. But uh, but it's it's not a huge amount of time. It's not like the building's burning for twenty five minutes or an hour, or the scenes taking place over that kind of length of time. It's a couple of minutes, and then Ellie gets out and and they go off together. So um, yeah, so I don't know whether they're not standing in his way or not trying to save him. I guess they just haven't. Uh, got there in time as for the bowl of stew i took that that he has a bigger bowl of stew because he knows exactly what's in it and doesn't really care oh that's another that's another one yeah i was just more like because he is a monster yeah Yeah. (laughs) he's a monster he's feeding himself on other people it's like as if he's he's getting a wish almost but but it it even seemed as though the rest of them were getting some kind of like really thin soup Mm. whereas he got a stew right Right, I get you. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, it's the king. The king's broth. Yeah, the king of the court, and he gets all the prime bits uh, to some extent. Um, and (laughs) and prime rib, uh, if you will. Exactly. But I think, you know, as well, probably part of the reason why no one comes to his defense. I mean, it could be the timing. It could be where the actual 
where they're actually located. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I think on the drugs, must have been penicillin, I think. It was penicillin, um, definitely. For sure. But but why was he willing to hand them over? Because he wanted something else from them, and this yeah. is his way to get Ellie. Yeah, um, it was yeah. a bigger plan. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, but good stuff. Thanks, Janice. Uh, and thanks to all our fellow survivors for their feedback. Mm. Really good to hear your thoughts. You can, of course, uh, for the remaining final episode, episode nine, mm. you can send in your thoughts by email to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Pop on over and join the Facebook group over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TV podcast industries, uh, where you can leave your comments in the spoiler post. Uh, and of course, we are on Twitter. Let's not leave Twitter out. Okay. Although maybe we do with old, uh, musky musky. Uh, <laughs> but on, we're over on Twitter as well at TV pod industries. Yeah. Don't call that out very often. We don't. No. But we're there. We're there. We are so, there. And active. We are there and square. But uh, we are also, at the moment, fellow survivors, uh, as you are probably aware at this stage, covering Star Wars The Bad Batch each week, as well as Star Trek Picards. So if you've had your fill of Earth-bound uh, drama, mm -hmm. you can head on into space, yeah. into two different galaxies, far, far away, and far, far away in time, I guess. Um, so, yes, they're the other two podcasts that we're covering at the moment. God, one's a long time ago in a galaxy far away. One is a long time in the future in a galaxy close by. <laughs> not, not the way you describe Star Wars versus Star Trek? I guess so, yes. <laughs> You're Good right. Boldly going where no one's gone before. Exactly. And the other one is far, far away in a galaxy long time ago. No, long, long. Oh <laughs> you see, anyway, look, anyway. You see, when you're on the fly, you're like, wait, what was it? Long, yeah. long. All yes. good, all good. But yes, two other uh, really interesting shows, very different from The Last of Us coming. I can't believe we've only got one more episode left of The Last of Us next week. I can't wait for you to join us as well. Thanks so much for listening along throughout the show. Yes, thank you so much. And we'll speak to you again next week. Yes, uh, thank you so much, fellow survivors, for joining us for episode eight. Cannot wait to discuss The Last of Us. The final episode, episode nine. The last of them, I guess. Well, exactly. <laughs> the last of it. The last of it. Um, entitled. We don't really know for definite. Um, we think this one's called Look for the Light, which would be in contrast to the first episode of the season, which was uh, when you're in the darkness, look to the light. It's the Fireflies um motto, I guess. So we think it's called Look for the Light as a nice bookend to the series. But uh Unfortunately, don't know just yet. Okay, speculation on our part, but yeah, good speculation. Absolutely, I think. that's all we do. Every sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's not even good speculation, Chris. <laughs> that's mostly yeah, coming yeah. from me. Our wild <laughs> theories, exactly. But of course, uh, in the meantime, before next week, keep watching, keep listening, and keep surviving. Bye. Enjoy those pork chops. They are definitely from a pig. Bye.